from Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. There are some days on the sports calendar that just hit different. They're about community. They're about fun. They're about watching brackets just absolutely get destroyed in the matter of minutes. And that starts today. The NCAA tournament is about to start. We'll make sure you're caught up on all of it, plus all the other news happening across the sports landscape. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. And look, during our show, a bunch of these games are going to happen. Uh, we've got West Virginia, Maryland tipping off in just a little bit. Furman, Virginia going to be tipping off. Utah State, Missouri going off during our show. Even Howard taking on Kansas. Remember, Bill Self will not coach in that game again as he still recovers in the hospital uh, post-heart attack. So when you start thinking about all of the action, it is going to be there. And Harry and I, you know, we're usually looking sensual in the Watch ESPN app uh, where you can just hang out and see us. Harry's got his Louisville hoodie on. At least there's some. No, no neither of us. I got a UN LV hoodie on. You got a Louisville hoodie on. What exactly are we rooting for? Like, I mean, well, Evan uh, w- didn't wear any women's, uh, oh, women's basketball. Heck yes. yeah! Look, yes. uh, UNLV's women's team this year, twenty six and two. By the way, if you missed us in the bracket challenge and you think it's too late to get in on the men's side, you can get in on the women's side. We're, we're there also. And I let my homerism take over. Like UNLV went very far in that tournament just for me. Evan, uh, did you wear any Hofstra gear? Like, does does producer Evan even own any Hofstra gear? I own a lot of Hofstra gear. Hofstra, who knocked out the number one seed in the NIT, and they will host the NIT second round game on Saturday against Cincinnati. Go Pride. <laughs> Did you buy the Hofstra gear? Or like when you graduate from Hofstra, do you just get like a lifetime pass where they realize nobody else is going to buy that? No, but, I, uh, I actually found one day like randomly online a fire quarter zip of a Hofstra like Under Armour. Oh. And I, I found it online. It was really cool. So I bought it. No, that, I bought all my Hofstra gear. That reminds me of the day I was okay, a, a, okay, a yeah. local. Are they, are, are they playing an NCAA tournament? What? NIT. NIT. Okay, the okay, NIT, okay. which used uh, to be bigger right. than the NCAA tournament. So like uh, we oh, could get okay, into that old Evan. discussion. Well, uh, okay. In what world are you living in? The you 50s. Okay. I mean, wasn't even born. Evan, you were probably taller than kids in third grade, too, but that doesn't help you now, right? Like, I mean, just at some point, things <laughs> I grow. was never taller than anyone. Okay. That's probably fair. Uh, your your finding of the Hofstra zip only makes me think of the time that I was in a local used toy store and found a Dan Orlovsky bobblehead from UConn football. Uh, I, I sent him a picture, though, because I wasn't spending five bucks on that. Uh, Fitz and Harry, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Love you, Dan. Uh, we will keep you updated on all the NCAA action, obviously. Uh, by the way, I should clean up here. Uh, Bill Self did not have a heart attack. He was in the hospital with a procedure. Uh, that is my bad. That is my misspeak on that. I apologize to Kansas fans uh, before you guys all wreck me on social media. My mistake, my misspeak. But Bill Self will not be uh, on the court today. So that that is obviously you got a one versus 16 game for Kansas. Uh, they got to feel pretty good about it either way, but they're going to have the extra motivation of playing for the coach that's not on the sidelines. Uh, we will keep you updated on every single second of NCAA action and the chaos that comes with it, obviously, Harry. But it's a day, which means that there's more takeaways from everything going on with Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. And it's interesting because when you start talking about the Packers, yesterday we spent a lot of time talking about leverage. And obviously that comes down to who we think has it, who doesn't have it, and how they can 
can sort of uh, make a trade happen. But there's been an interesting point made when it comes to what they could attempt to do when it comes to uh, Aaron Rodgers with the Packers. My audio system has crashed, so I will give the guys the peek behind the curtain. Javante, I'll need your help with this. Mark Tauscher, former uh, Packers tackle, co-host of Wildey and Tausch, said this yesterday on Kenny and Carlin about how Aaron Rodgers could actually force the Packers' hand. I just keep asking, what on earth are the Green Bay Packers going to do? They're, they've decided to move forward with Jordan Love. What are they going to do if Aaron Rodgers shows up to minicamp? or to OTAs in May. Uh, for everybody that says, well, put, put him as a backup. Yeah, you're going to have a $60 million backup. How is that going to help with the Jordan Love development? How is that going to help with your team chemistry? We saw that. I, was, I lived it when Brett Favre came back. It is a huge distract, distraction. Coaches don't want that. Uh, Harry, you've, you've been in these locker rooms. What's that feel like to you? Well, number one, I think it'll be, it'll be more than a huge distraction. Especially when you have a guy in Jordan Love who you're trying to, you know, let him know this team is yours. Now, if Aaron Rodgers decides he wants to show up, even though he hasn't showed up in the past, the OTAs and things like that. But, he, you know, he has been at minicamp, has been at training camp. If he decides to show up all of a sudden to try to get, you know, the Green Bay Packers in their front office to move things a little swift, swifter, that, that, that's not good for the Green Bay Packers. It's not good for those players because now they're going to have to answer questions every single day about Aaron Rodgers and how he's been since he's been back and how is it playing with the guy that you know wants to be traded and potentially he's going to be somewhere else. And Jordan Love is going to have to answer those questions. Matt LaFleur is going to have to answer those questions. Brian Unikis is going to have to answer those questions. It's going to create a total distraction. And listen, I wouldn't put anything past Aaron Rodgers. I, right now, I, I wouldn't. Because if he's trying to get the ball rolling and, and, get, and get them to trade them to New York, to the Jets, as quickly as possible, why wouldn't he show up to try to cause a little turmoil to make things move faster? Well, I can also see where if he does that, it, it's just another thing that angers the Packers. Like, I understand the concept of a $60 million backup doesn't really seem realistic. But the com- concept to me of a $50 million cap head hit for a traded player that's not even there – also doesn't seem all that realistic. Like, it's just all of this feels gross and difficult. So, you know, at some point, I I will sort of paraphrase what Shefty said in this breakup. You kind of need everybody to just act like adults and figure out how to move forward. I just don't know. Every time you think, well, this is going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back, it is unless that just makes them dig in even more. Think about what you just said. Think about what you just said. You want everyone to act like adults. Does everyone act like adults when they're going through divorces? No, no, not at all. Okay, so that is easier said than done. And I can see both sides getting agitated. You know, the Packers may, you know, present what they may want for Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers may want them to move faster so he can get to New York and he can get with his teammates and, and, and start moving, you know, towards the season. I can see both sides being disgruntled and doing things that, you know, they, they might regret later. It's just funny to me because in the end, this is all going to get worked out. Like, I, I can't find any scenario in my head where he doesn't end up with the Jets. It's just how much, you know, waving is going to go on in between uh, now and then. How much are guys going to have to prove that they're the big boy in the room? Rob Domovsky, ESPN NFL Packers reporter on the 6 p.m. Sports Center last night, said this about the trade happening. Make no mistake about it. This trade is going to happen. I was told from a source that the Packers are definitely going to trade him. There's still a few things to work out and negotiations are ongoing, but they have turned the page to Jordan Love. So when you know that this trade's going to happen and everybody knows that there's an ultimate resolution to this, that's why I think there's a part of my mind that says, okay, 
uh, is oversimplifying here. You want to be there. We want you out. What's the middle ground? There's got to be middle ground in all of this. There is a logic side of me that, that plays out too much. And sometimes I'm overly capable of just eliminating emotion from a whole concept, right? Like, so I'm just like, the logic here to me, Harry says, if I know you're going to be gone, you know you're going to be gone. Let's just find the happy medium and get you gone. I just don't know yeah. if, if everybody will swallow their pride enough to make that happen. Well, it, it's the, the fact, it, it, to me, it's the, the New York Jets and what they're willing to give up. And I was watching first take before we came on, and I heard Vernon Davis, who I'm very fond of his game and played the game at a very, very high level. I heard him say, and I didn't agree with it, that the Jets should give up whatever for Aaron Rodgers. Whoa, wait a minute. Let's pump our brakes here a little bit. For one year? What, what do you mean? For one year? No way in hell I'm, I'm giving whatever for one year. I don't know if he's going to be here past that one year. Now, if I had some, some security and knowing he's going to be here two years or three years, and that's a different ballgame. But for one year, no, sir. Yeah, and that's one of the hardest parts about this is that, in my mind, the Jets need assurances that they're going to get more than one year. But how can you trust anything you, you, you go through in this True. process? The other side of it is the Packers would love an assurance of how long it is, too, because it gives them a better idea of the market, right? feels like everybody wants to be able to trust Aaron Rodgers on how long he wants to play. That's just easier said than done. Uh, the NCAA tournament getting ready to tip off. Do you have a favorite NCAA tournament memory? Is there a favorite? Like, when I say NCAA tournament to Harry Douglas, is there one March Madness thing that actually just, like, totally blows your mind? Oh, Oh, no, just going to watch my brother play. Oh, I oh! Mean. by the way, happy birthday to my brother. Uh, March 16th, my nephew, Little Tony Jr., birthday was yesterday, and then my sister was March 14th. So happy birthday to all three, uh, three of those people, my family. All right, so again, peek behind the curtain here. When we found out that this was a big birthday celebration, we said we should play happy birthday. And Javante, what was the first version of happy birthday that came to your mind? Stevie Wonder. Uh-huh. Stevie Wonder, baby. I'm convinced if you don't immediately think of Stevie Wonder, then you're not going to get invited to the cookout. It's just the way it goes. Like, that's just the way it goes. You tell me, Harry. Yeah, you ain't coming to the cookout at my house. You okay. may go to another cookout where, you know, they don't they don't season their food and stuff, but you ain't coming to this one. <laughs> where they don't season their food. Uh, by the way, uh, I should get you our picks. Uh, we, over the course of the show, we'll let you know who's picking what. Fitz Picks brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. My final four, I'm just going to get murdered for this. It was a wildly unpredictable year in college basketball. So I, I tried something new this year, Harry. I just went by the seat of my pants and I filled my bracket out in under 30 seconds. I, that's how much thought I put into it. I ended wow, up okay. with, I know, I ended up with Baylor versus Duke on one side, Texas versus UCLA on the other side. Uh, so I don't have uh, Alabama. I don't have Houston. Uh, really, I just stayed away from all the one seats. I just feel like it's going to be a wild year of crazy Ooh. upsets. So I stayed away from the one seats. Well, all four of my teams that I picked for the Final Four, all four of them played today. I have Houston. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm worried about them a little bit. Marcus Sasser, their, their star player, has hurt his groin in the uh, conference tournament. Duke, you know, you know John Shire, uh, UCLA, Hawkins Jr., Campbell, Amari Baylor, the, the, the freshman. Looking forward to seeing those guards really take over things. And in Alabama, Brandon Miller. Oh, look at, all right. So you have a much safer bracket than I do. We'll see how it plays out over the course yep. of this. If you didn't hit us on the men's side, you can still play with us on the women's uh, bracket. So you can get out there and join that. There is still plenty of time. We'll keep you updated on all the scores as they happen and any upsets that are in the works. In the meantime, how does the deal with Aaron Rodgers actually get done? Our GM will explain from his own expertise. You won't want to miss it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
Fitz and Harry, the podcast. I made it clear that my intention was to play and my intention was to play for the New York Jets. Do you envision yourself playing multiple years with the Jets or is it just a one-year type thing? If I'm Green Bay and I'm sitting around, you offer me a third or a contingent or a fifth. And if they have no leverage, that's all you should offer. If you're offering me that, I'm telling you to go to hell. If the Jets don't get Aaron Rodgers, who are they turning to right now? Be adults, settle it clearly, keep the kids in mind, and move on. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app series XM channel 80. Right now, we got West Virginia, Maryland, 8-9 matchup, all knotted up at four. I told you we'd keep you updated on March Madness. See, I made a promise. By the way, it's creating a little bit of show beef. You know, Harry, you have kids, so you, you get this. You understand it. It's not always what you do. Sometimes it's the sass that comes with it while you do it. Producer Evan took a long time to get the TVs up where I could see the games going on, and then while he's doing it, giving me all sorts of sass. I don't know how I feel about this. Like, now he's chiming in. What? What, what Evan? I did it before tip. That's all that matters. Well, I mean, is it is it like, you know, if Harry asks his kids to clean the room. before the tip. Uh, well. <laughs> okay, we're trying to stay employed by Mickey Mouse. Oh, I can't change the, the subject fast enough. Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN NFL front office insider, joins us. Mike, we'll get to Aaron Rodgers in a second, but you've been talking about that day in and day out. Uh, you went to UMass. Do you have like a favorite? Uh, do you have a favorite NCAA tournament memory for Mike Tannenbaum? Well, yeah, you know the Calipari, Marcus Gamby era was a great one as a proud UMass alum, um, and I think Coach Cal, according to uh, Hembo today has more wins than any other coach since the one-and-done era going back to 06. Look at that. See? Tannenbaum dropping knowledge no matter what you at. All right, now we'll get no, there. No, no, what we're not going to do is promote Kentucky basketball when oh. I have on a Louisville sweatshirt okay. and Coach Kyle. That's what we're not going to do. Sorry, Mike. Oh, okay, this, see, now, I, I wasn't even trying to create rivalry, but that's 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 what's happened here. Uh, Mike, all right. <laughs> the, the whole listening audience is like, really? You're talking to Tannenbaum about March Madness? What in the hell? All right, so you you I'm going to put you in the, the shoes. You've been here before. You know what this moment is like. Aaron Rodgers comes out publicly, says he wants to play for the Jets. What gets this deal done? Yeah, the Packers have all the leverage guys. They're in a no rush. Ideally for them, they would do it after June 1st. I'm going to take a break of the cap charges over two years. Um, so the pressure's on the Jets, um, and I think that will ultimately help the Packers. Obviously, if you're the Jets, you want them in the building, finalize the deal, start getting him going with uh, you know all the young skill players that the Jets have. So I do expect the deal to get done, but um, – Typically in negotiations, the party who cares the least does the best. Mike T, what if we get to a point to where, you know, OTAs roll around, minicamp rolls around, and Aaron Rodgers hypothetically for some reason decides that he wants to show up? Uh, What do the Green Bay Packers do in that situation? Because I think that can create a distraction. I would say come on in. You know, 68 quarterbacks last year played in the NFL, Harry, and because of that, I'd love to have depth at the quarterback position. So if you want to come back as a Packer, and we have you and Jordan Love, wonderful. Um, it's interesting that you want to show up for the OTAs now because we couldn't get you here last year when we drafted two young receivers in Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs. Um, but if you want to come, come on in. 
Are you worried about the distraction at all that would come with the media circus from that moment? Yeah, look, I don't think he would do that. So, um, obviously, deal with it at that time if it happened. But I don't really think Aaron Rodgers has much leverage here because he's publicly come out and said, hey, I want to play the Jets. Um, If he goes back to Green Bay, I think they, you know, take him back. So, I don't think there's a lot of leverage here. And I think one of the things that Aaron Rodgers said on Pat McAfee yesterday was, quote, unquote, do the right thing. You know, I've been here a long time. And, you know, Dan Graziano made this point this morning, guys. You know, Matt Ryan ended his career seamlessly with Atlanta. Matt Stafford ended his career seamlessly with Detroit. Obviously, it seems like there's some bad blood between Rodgers and the Packers. Ah, Mike, uh, how do you th- – through all of this, what do you think fair compensation should be in this situation? You know, when, I, when I, we traded for Favre, we did some conditional picks that if he played, then it would go up you know, from a third to a second and could go to a first if we got to the Super Bowl. But I think in this situation, <clears throat> it's going to take a two and something else. And I would, if I was the Jets, I would try to make sure that value was contingent upon him being on the roster in 2024 as well. Mike T, how, how how important is it for the Jets to get a guy like Aaron Rodgers when you have a Joe Burrow, a Patrick Mahomes, a Lamar, Lamar Jackson, if he decides to stay in Baltimore, um, that you have to go through in the AFC, Josh Allen as well? How important is it for the Jets to have a guy to go toe-to-toe with those other guys? Yeah, Harry, when you look at the AFC right now, you could also throw in Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, a healthy Tua, you know, at one point, Deshaun Watson was a really good player as well. So I feel like the, the AUC is just absolutely loaded with quarterbacks. You know, the on the inverse, you know, like you look at the NFC and, look, Jalen Hurts had a great year, but, you know, who are the best quarterbacks in the NFC right now? I mean – is it that's like is it that simple then? I mean, if there's if there's no quarterback in the NFC that can really compete, and it's so hard in the AFC. Why does Aaron Rodgers, Rodgers even want to go there? Um, I think he probably saw a good defense, and you know, an opportunity to play with some good young skill players. And you know, I think the Raiders probably kicked the tires. Your your Raiders fits, um, but I don't know what else his options were, but. Yeah, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I would have preferred to stay in the NFC for because of Burrow, because of Mahomes, because of Josh Allen. I need your answer. Who wins the AFC East this season with Aaron Rodgers in New York? If everything goes through, who who wins that division? Yeah, great. Yeah, it's a great question. I'm gonna go with Buffalo just because you know it's kind of like being a heavyweight champ. You know, until someone dethrones them. But um, you know, it's interesting, Harry, because not only who wins it, but you know, you probably say that right now New England is probably the worst team in the division, and it's been a, it's been a long time since we said that. Mike, as always, my friend, we appreciate you. Enjoy a little basketball today. Put your feet up. Enjoy some basketball. Uh, have a great day. Thanks so much for the insight and expertise. Oh, well, her, 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 small, her. small note, small note, Mike T. I was a kid watching Marcus Camby, though. I got to admit that. <laughs> oh, well, I've never felt older now. I was an adult where right. watching. I mean, Tannenbaum, I was an adult watching Camby. What are we doing here? Like, <laughs> This, this is what happens, Mike. Thanks for the time, brother. We appreciate you. All right. Thanks. Talk to you guys soon. Take care. That's Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN NFL front office insider. Fitz and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, RVs, for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive. 
Com. All right, I want to get, I, I haven't given you mine yet. I will. Some of you that have ever listened to me for years know the story. But I have one, when you say favorite NCAA memory, my favorite moment in my sports life as a fan and my least favorite moment in my sports life as a fan all came from March Madness. We'll take some of your calls too. What's your favorite NCAA tournament memory? 888-SAY-ESPN-888-729-3776. When I say NCAA tournament, the memory that makes you go, ah, call us with it. 888-SAY-ESPN-888-729-3776. We'll get to your calls. Plus, coming up, there's something that happened yesterday that could not only change the NFL draft, but change one player's future forever. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. You're watching the ESPN Tournament Challenge Marathon. Download the Tournament Challenge app and fill out your women's brackets now. That's right. It's not too late. You want to get your ass kicked in a bracket by Harry and I, you can still do it. Women's bracket's still up there. Join us, Fitz and Harry, on ESPN Radio, the ESPN App Series, XM Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, presented by Progressive Insurance. Harry, I got one videotape. In my entire life. There's only one VHS that I own from my childhood. I was mm-hmm. I was lucky enough when I was a kid to do a lot of things, you know, and, and have a lot of accomplishments that I'm very proud of in the music world. And you would think that that means I have all these, like, videos of me running around as a kid, but I'm old. Like, cell phones didn't exist when I was a kid, and camcorders were stupid expensive. We were broke-ass, so there was no way we were getting a, like that. That just wasn't happening, right? So I don't have any videos of me playing the violin as a kid. I don't have any videos of my recitals or competitions. I don't have any of that. I have one VHS for my entire childhood, and all it says on the side of it is 103-73. That's all it has to say, because the greatest March Madness moment of my life was definitely UNLV thrashing Duke 10373 for a national title game. A, a VHS I still have. I still own a VCR simply so I can put that in and watch it. Like Larry Johnson, Stacey Ogman, Plastic that, Man. That, that team for me as a kid in Vegas, there was so much pride because there were no pro sports. UNLV basketball was life like I had the I got all the magazines I had like little scrapbooks of of UNLV stuff I'm wearing a UNLV hoodie to this day and every year it crushes my soul just a little bit that UNLV basketball will never be what it was during the Tark era like you used to just go to school you carry a little white cloth with you to school like a little like towel just so during the tournament you could like bite on the towel like Tark did while you're sitting there in math class like it was a phenomenon to the Las Vegas community so every year when this starts I'm both saddened that UNLV isn't in it, but I'm also then I, I remember my childhood of Larry Johnson, Stacey Augman, Greg Anthony, Anderson Hunt. Like that was a team. Oh my God. I'll say uh, outside of watching my brother, I, I, my brother play in the NCAA tournament, Tony Douglas, when he was at Florida State, I'll say when Louisville won the national championship. And guess where the Final Four and championship game was held? <sighs> at the time, it was at the Georgia Dome. Oh man. Right here in Atlanta. So being able to watch them and celebrate. Uh, Louisville basketball at the time, it, it, it was memorable. I have the opposite memory from the following year, by the way. Uh, I, we we just left Vegas. We were living on the East Coast, and because of that, I was too attached to UNLV. It was like home for me, you know? And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, Duke pulls off the massive upset, beats an undefeated UNLV team in the Final Four. 
I cried for days. Every year I send Jay Will a nasty text at the beginning of March Madness telling him I love him, but I hate Duke. It's just to this day, there's no team in all of sports I hate more than Duke, which is why it hurt me to put them in the Final Four. By the way, with all this NCAA uh, updates, I should at least do this. Madness update. Yeah. I'm going to put that yeah at the end of every time. One more time. Madness update. Yeah. Yeah. West Virginia is up 13-4 on Maryland. Early on, 8-9 game. Uh, uh, Did you have this one going to Maryland? Uh, Yes, I took Maryland. Okay. They're out there looking like the bad news bears. Players running into each other and the whole nine. Come on, Maryland. Well, Get it together. We will keep you updated on everything as we see it. In a few minutes uh, in the South region, number four seed of Virginia will take on 13 seed of Furman. Again, you will find out everything. If there's upsets in the making, we will make sure that it happens. In the meantime, wanted to get you updated on something that you absolutely have to find out about. And the way we do it on this show is particularly special. It's a need to know world. These are the things you need to know. You need to know something. With Fitz and Harry. Harry, you and I are going to be covering the draft together for ESPN on the digital show as we've done several years, and it's one of my proudest moments. So we love draft nuggets when they come available. But this is the ultimate need to know because everybody's been paying attention to Jalen Carter. Now, it should be noted today he pled no, no contest to his reckless driving charge, got community service, he will not face any jail time. So we have a bit of a resolution to that. But just when you thought that that was the last question he would be answering, it is not only because of his pro day. He had his pro day on Wednesday uh, at Georgia where they had their top draft eligible prospects there. According to The Athletic and multiple reports, he weighed in at 323 pounds. That's about 13 pounds heavier than he was during the season. It's nine pounds heavier than he was at the Combine two weeks ago. Also, according to the reports, he looked out of shape. He was easily winded during the drills. It was a bad Combine showing, according to the people that were there. And it raises another flag for teams that are worried about whether or not they can invest in Jalen Carter. So it's easy to pile on. But, Harry, it's not that simple. No, it's not because there's a human element to it all as well. And we got to remember, this is this is still a, a a young kid. It's not like he's 30, 35 years old, 40, and understands everything that's being thrown at him at the moment. We're talking about a guy in Jalen Carter who everything at, at, at one time when he was at the combine, the bombshell dropped. And granted, he, he probably knew some of these things beforehand, but when everything feels like your world is coming, everything is coming down on your world at one time, there's a human side to that as well. We don't know if he's... You know, when he's at home, is is all he's thinking about is the situation and what's the outcome going to be. Uh, so, so, so it makes sense to me for him to show up. Now, I'm not going to excuse him for it, but it makes sense for me to 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 me to him showing up and being out of shape and cramping up in a whole nine. Y'all think the only thing he's thinking about is football right now? No, there's real life going on, real life situations going on that he's dealing with as well. So. I'm not going to sit up here and pile on him. I wish he wouldn't have came like that. And I know sometimes we can use sports as an outlet to get away from things, but when things are this serious, there's no getting away from it. So there's another element, another side to it than just football. Especially, let's add another factor to the stress, because I think you're right. Oh, by the way, for anyone that's super into the anatomy stuff, cortisol is a chemical that uh, actually can impact weight gain, and particularly when you are stressed, you you produce more cortisol. So it's not uncommon for people that are battling a lot of emotion or depression to put on a little weight. Like, that's part of why that happens. It's an interesting physiological sort of ramification. But then you think about everything else that's stacked on when it comes to the pressure. 
I can see this two ways. I can see this in the, oh, my God, you needed right now to go out and show the best of the best so that you answered every single question. But I can also see where the pressure of knowing that that's what you need to do when you're dealing with all this other stuff and your entire family is relying on you to make the most of this moment. That's a lot on a kid. Like, Bro, I wouldn't I've, have been I've able been to handle there. it. I've been there. I've been there with situations have, have come up in my life and you're trying to focus on football, but you got knots in your stomach because you got other things going on around you as well. I, I, I know what that's like. Now, it might not be to the extent of what Jalen Carter is going through, but I, I, I know that feeling. I know that feeling where you can't, you know, 100% focus on football or the, t- or the task that you may want to focus on because there are other things around that are hindering you from doing so. And that, on top of it, 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 we don't we don't know his mature level. We don't know how he, you know, copes with things. We don't know his mindset on things. He's, he's 21 years old. And he has you, a birthday about to come up on April 4th. He's 21 years old. And you know this better than anybody. It takes such a village to get to where you want to be in the NFL yep. or in any 1%. And when you know you're battling through all this stuff and that whole village that sacrificed everything to get you to where you are is now relying on you to make the most of that moment – That's another added stress. It's why I think right now, more than ever, in the entire process of the NFL draft, teams need to spend time not just looking at what he looks like in these drills, but sitting down with a young man and getting to know him. Because ultimately, the the conversation about what they're willing to invest in, Harry, is going to come down to how comfortable they are with the human being. And I don't know that you can see that. All of his tape's going to show good. Maybe he showed bad at the pro day. He's got to show who he is very transparently to these teams right now. Yeah, he he does. And, you know, it's unfortunate that, you know, two people lost their lives and he's tied to, you know, that situation as well or that tragedy. But then he has to go out here and perform at a very, very high level uh, because his future playing the football, the game of football at a high level is on the line as well. And it can be the difference in, you know, I seen somebody on Twitter say he's basically, you know, taking a lighter and burning money. But you got to also understand there's a human side of this, too. we got to stop looking at these athletes as being, you know, uh, Superman and, uh, and, and action figures and stuff like that. No, they're humans as well. It's a human being that goes through things just like everyone else. Yeah, it, it's something we're going to keep an eye on. We wanted to make sure you got caught up on. In the meantime, how do you go from being a team everybody's rooting for, for being the team that's now us against the world? It's happening with one of the biggest brands in the NBA – Right now, and we'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. The NBA has suspended Grizzly star John Moran eight games for conduct detrimental to the league. It's not who I am. I don't condone in, uh, any type of violence, but I take you know full responsibility you know for my actions. They had to take some type of action for his discipline, and I think Ja should be actually happy with the punishment that he got because it could have been a lot worse. What's Ja gonna do? Ja put himself in this situation. It's hard to find another example of a team going from an absolute absolute Cinderella, the bell of the ball, to suddenly being, being the evil stepmother as quickly as what we've seen from the Memphis Grizzlies. The question is, how do we get here and how does it turn around? Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. 
Now, let me be very clear as we start this conversation. I am the first to admit my bias for the Memphis Grizzlies. I love, I've been hanging out uh, with with the guys in Memphis every Monday for years. I do a weekly hit with Memphis. Uh, Nashville and Memphis are both important cities to me. I want the Grizzlies to be successful. Harry, your brother played for the Grizzlies. So obviously, there's a lot of familiarity with the two of us and with this city and with this market and what this city of Memphis goes through, what the city of Memphis has gone through. There's a lot of understanding culturally to what is happening in this city and what happens around that franchise, right? I think we can agree on that. And and I grew up listening to Project Pat, 3-6 Mafia, Little chat, all them artists, play a fly. You know what I mean? That that's Memphis, baby. This that's is straight Memphis. This is part of why when the Grizzlies were awarded a Christmas Day game, and I do mean awarded, the NBA makes that decision very strategically. When they were awarded a Christmas Day game, I was doing interviews with Memphis at the time, talking about what a huge moment it is for the franchise, right? Like for the franchise, this is your moment to to really shine and show everybody you've gone from being the underdog to now you get this even playing field. Well. Last night, we see, you know, uh, the one of the players hit somebody else in the no-no places. Uh, we saw a cameraman shoved. We see this continual. Memphis is now constantly in the news for all the wrong reasons, not the least of which is a now eight-game suspension for John Morant for holding a gun while intoxicated in a Denver-area nightclub. And it feels like this 80s wrestling thing. I know I use this analogy a lot with you, Harry, and wrestling wasn't your thing as a kid. But hear me out. In the 80s, you could be the biggest big guy, the good guy, and everybody loved you. You're called a, a baby face, right? They all love you. And then all of a sudden, one day, you turn. And when you turn, that whole crew hates you with the same passion that they love you. It feels like the casual NBA fan has gone from loving Memphis to hating Memphis in the process of months. And I'm looking around the organization saying, how do you turn this locker room around when it feels like maybe they're on the wrong side of a a lot of this narrative right now? And Fitz, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to say something that might not be the most popular thing that come out of my mouth amongst people who love the NBA and the Memphis Grizzlies, but I feel like it needs to be said. Maybe this team needs a new voice as in a head coach. And I like Taylor Jenkins and what he brings to the game. Was able, you know, his first year to have him in a play-in situation before they lost to the Blazers. And then the year after that, they lost in the first round to the Utah uh, Jazz. And then last year, we've seen him losing the second round to the Golden State Warriors. You know, John Morant got hurt. Probably could have altered some things in that series. But uh, who knows? It it, it played out how it played out. But you know me, and, and I echo a lot of things that I've learned from coaches over the years. And Keith Armstrong, who's a special teams coach in Tampa Bay now, always said this when I was with him in Atlanta. Either I'm coaching things this way or I'm allowing it to happen. And I don't know if Taylor Jenkins is his, in his voice is really being respected like it probably should be from the Memphis Grizzlies and their players. So I'm going to say maybe they need a new voice in their locker room. To act to, and also to get them over a certain hump. Organizationally, it feels like whether that was a player, and I think at one point maybe they thought it was going to be Iggy, right? Like Iguodala was originally, we thought, going to be a veteran presence in a young locker room. That obviously didn't happen. I, I agree with you because if you go back and look, The Athletic has a great article out there about some of what Memphis is going uh, through right now. And I thought it was interesting because this is from the article, as they point out, uh, Memphis, despite owning the third best record in the West, is 13-22 and 22 on the road. And numerous team insiders have blamed that lack of maturity and focus 
uh, on Morant and the rest of the roster to the point that they've taken travel measures. Check this out, Harry. They've taken travel measures to curtail nightlife habits this season. So now they leave more road cities, especially glitzier ones like Miami, immediately after the game instead of staying overnight. That tells me that the organization knows that they have an issue and that they're trying to change the standard, but nobody's listening to it. Like That is a huge, to to change the entire travel plan of a team to avoid nightclubs tells you that they realize they have a problem. Yes, and I think it is also the lack of, you know, older players being on that team. And you have Steven Adams, but when you have an older player on that team as well that is out there producing every night, guys will gravitate towards that. When you have a coach, you know, that these guys, not saying they don't respect Taylor Jenkins, but can add a little oomph in that locker room, players are going to listen at all times. And I'm going to take it back to all the way to Bulls days, right? Doug Collins wasn't a bad coach by any means. But when Phil Jackson came in, he was able to get a little different out of those guys, right? Mm -hmm. And they were able to win differently as well. That is a great analogy because sometimes it's not about a stronger voice or a player's coach or a a disciplinarian. Sometimes it's just about a different voice. And at some point, if you are checking out the leaders that are there and you're not listening to them, the organization needs to look at leadership and figure out either from players or from the head coach or from the organization within how they can change the structure because Memphis is absolutely free-falling at this point. All right, we'll keep you updated on that, but Lamar Jackson's tweeting again, and there are a ton of teams that might regret what they've done to him at this point. Fitz and Harry. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. 